Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted by Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. Adopting a dog over the age of six months is rewarding and fun. When initially integrating dogs into our family, we can expect some challenges. As with humans, change in eating habits is a common reaction to stress caused by change in environment or physical ailments. But when physically healthy dogs or adapting well to their new environment, refuse to eat, it can be scary and a bit of a mystery for many adopters. Fortunately, the solution may simply require logic, creativity, and the ability to think like a dog. Understanding different dogs' needs and why they're not eating is really important in providing the solution. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host and expert in canine cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm going to start out by talking about family dogs. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of dogs that are adopted that were initially raised with a family who had good intentions and then for some reason were surrendered and then adopted. Or they were born into foster care or were raised in foster care with a reputable re rescue organization. And it's common for these caregivers or these original people who had the dog to teach and apply basic commands during puppyhood. What I mean by that would be a basic sit, stay, okay, and that would occur during a feeding routine. And this feeding routine, when transferred to the new home, can provide clarity and comfort. So if the dog automatically sits when they're triggered that it's feeding time, and an example of that would be going to the food cupboard and opening it, and then automatically the dog sits we can safely assume they were taught some kind of feeding routine during puppyhood and that they recognize that. And some dogs actually will be hesitant to eat if this routine is not followed, leading adopters to assume the dog is nervous to eat. So we all can't have the same routine. We all can't have our, our food in the same cupboard or have the same layout in our kitchen or have the same time of day that we feed. We need some sort of transferable skill. If that transferable skill was established during puppyhood but isn't carried forward, that can cause the dog not to eat. So for example, if the dog is used to hearing sit, wait, go, and then the new home is doing sit, stay, okay, this could cause a dog not to eat. They just simply don't know what those words mean and they're waiting for the ones that they do. So in order to overcome that, you could contact the previous caregiver and if that's not an option, then simply try different sets of words to learn what works with the dog. Dogs always let us know what they know. I'm going to give you another example of just where logic fits in with a, a dog, Sophie. This occurred early in my career. A client uh, recently adopted Sophie from their local shelter. I think Sophie was originally in a nice family who could no longer care for her. So Sophie refused to eat from her bowl. My client assumed Sophie was nervous and tried hand feeding. Sophie ate from their hand without a problem, but she continued to refuse to eat from the bowl. So the success with hand feeding told us that Sophie wasn't hesitant to eat. She wasn't nervous of human contact. And she was also really friendly upon my arrival and showed no signs of nervousness. So why was she refusing to eat? As I watched Sophie, I thought perhaps she was bothered by her long floppy ears touching the sides of the bowl, so I suggested switching from a bowl to a plate. There we had success. 
Almost. After consuming the portion on the half of the plate closest to her, she stepped back, refusing to eat the remaining food. So I suggested turning the plate around so her ears did not drag across the dirty plate. And this worked well, while it worked well for Sophie, but my clients felt a little bit odd to be standing there turning her plate around. (laughs) To quote my client, really, she is quite the little princess. I then suggested moving the plate away from the wall, allowing her to access the other side of the plate on her own. Alternatively, they could switch to a rectangular-shaped plate. Problem solved. So sometimes it's just using logic and reading the dog. I'm going to talk a bit about community dogs here. And what I mean by that, those are those are dogs that live in communities and the people tend to know them and know where they are and the dogs tend to know what's going on in the community and they survive on scraps provided by those people. So once rescued and homed, if that works, I'm not saying all of these dogs need to be rescued or homed, but for the ones that are, they can be surprisingly picky when it comes to what they'll eat. Many prefer people food, and they'll literally cherry-pick around kibble or not eat anything at all and just prefer to go hungry. So creatively combining dog food with people food is a great way to sort of meet them in the middle. And it is common for these dogs to like one type of dog food one week and then suddenly poo-poo it the next. Of course, it's important to consult with your veterinarian or certified canine nutritionist to avoid allergic reactions and unsafe feeding practices and to ensure your dog is receiving all the required nutrients. Many adopters are surprised how easily these dogs who lived independently and survived on the street or fended for themselves in busy cities integrate into a new lifestyle. Their puppyhood provided real-life socialization, and they're accustomed to ever-changing environments, making adapting to a new home easier than many people expect. So street dogs, let's talk about those. Dogs who survived on the streets, they can feel vulnerable when eating causing them to be hyper aware of their surroundings. Hand feeding is a solution commonly effective with puppies and as with Sophie, something dogs enjoy, but it can be unrealistic, ineffective, or even counterproductive with dogs who feel the need to guard their food. While living on the streets, these dogs may have taken their food to a quieter area or avoided eating when other dogs were present. Upon bringing these dogs into my care, As a short-term solution, I fed them in a quiet area with no other dogs, in a room that had multiple exits so they didn't feel trapped, or outside in a quiet, safe, secure area. It is common for them to prefer to eat with their back against a wall, so I put the food bowl a few feet away from the wall or the fence, allowing them to face outward when eating. Dogs who lived outside their entire life, whether on the street or in a community or on a chain, or as an outdoor guard dog, can be distrusting of people offering food or feeling uncomfortable eating as they feel vulnerable or on guard. It is important to address the reason for the behavior to provide long-term solutions. And that's where canine cognitive behavioral therapy comes in. So by teaching exercises at easy, positive times without the need for food, so just at other times not using food, We build a bond and establish transferable skills that change the dog's perception of us and show them our ability to calmly manage different situations. And it also shows that we respect their emotional intelligence. We apply these exercises to the outdoor feeding routine and then transfer these exercises to the indoor feeding routine. This entire process is often accomplished in as little as a few days. 
By addressing the reason for the behavior using canine cognitive behavioral therapy, we harness and change the emotional thought patterns driving the behavior. So when bringing dogs into our lives, it's important to harness their emotional intelligence, recognize their individualities, and respect their ability to adapt to new situations. By providing calm, clear guidance and direction in the initial stages of adoption, we can easily integrate these dogs into our families and overcome any challenges we may encounter. So I hope that chat stimulated some ideas and a new way of looking at common problems. It's important to be creative and logical when addressing challenges such as dogs refusing to eat. Dog experts often provide generic suggestions or ones successful with puppies, but not necessarily with older dogs or ones focusing on the food. What we really want to focus on is the dog. This is why I love canine CBT. It's adaptable, logical, creative, and follows the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, allowing us to provide options and change perception to change behavior. To learn more about CCBT, please listen to some of the many shows I've had an opportunity to be interviewed on. These have great hosts and they ask amazing questions about myself and about canine CBT, about rescue dogs, the industry, and animal welfare. The links are on my website, www.upperdogology.com. I recommend The Science and Magic of the Human-Animal Bond, The Dog Connection Show, or DVM360 with Dr. Adam Chrisman, who is also a guest on this podcast. These links are in the show notes. My articles are featured in Cold Noses News blog, American Association of Pet Parents, and Happy Homes. For client videos, please follow Upward Dogology on Instagram. Upward Dogology is also on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm quite active on LinkedIn. My account is Billy Groom. I recently started a YouTube channel. That's Upward Dogology, so please check that out for videos. Thanks to the Jeff Murdoch Band and Open Strong for the great music clips. Enjoy your learning journey.